Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Well, what a week it has been for me. I don't know how you guys are, but life has been crazy around here lately. Um, Basically feeling every emotion on the mommy scale of emotions these days. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a a time. So today I wanted to talk about um, a topic that I think is near and dear to many of us. And that is living a life that we don't need a vacation from. Have you ever heard that quote, you know, live a life you don't need a vacation from? If you're out there and you're like, oh no, I need a vacation from my life, then this podcast is going to be for you. If you're out there and you're like, yeah, I get it. Well, then we're kindred souls. So listen in because we're going to talk about, you know, what on earth are you working for? You know, um... Like what on for like truly what are you toiling each day for? And I want to help you get centered and and maybe think about the things that you know we all work hard and we all work hard for various reasons, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning homeschool curriculum provider. Their mission is to help students uh, and families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith through their print and digital and online classes. They have a lot of new curriculum out there this year. I would encourage you to go over to Apologia, check out everything they offer from K to 12. They've got science, they've got uh, mathematics now, um, which I'm super excited to see that. They have health and nutrition. They have the What We Believe series. They have a language arts. They also have, for you homeschool planning moms out there, um, they have some homeschooling planners available. They have apologetics, constitutional literacy, around the world in 180 days, um, and lots of encouragement over at Apologia.com. So go check them out. So uh, let's talk about this idea of living a life that you don't need a vacation from. Like, what does that that mean? I always loved that quote. Um, You know, before we moved out here, as you guys know, we live in our little hobby farm. Before we moved out here... I always had that um, desire, that kind of idealistic, you know, view in my head that I wanted to live in the country and I wanted the simple life, you know, I wanted to be Ma from Little House on the Prairie. And so, you know, it was sort of an idealized thing in my mind. And I've talked previously on the podcast, I won't get into it in detail on here, but you know how we wanted to be a work at home family, you know, we're self-employed, doing the things we love and being able to make a living at it. Uh, And also, you know, homeschooling is part of that. We wanted to not participate in the rat race every day where, you know, you get the kids on a bus, mom and dad go their separate ways, you know, everybody regroups in the evening. Um, and you know, we wanted that lifestyle where we, you know, we lived life as a family together. And for us, I, you know, feel like looking back, God has been faithful. He's given us those desires of our heart. And so 
many of us will say, well, you know, I, I have to work because, I mean, we all have to work. God tells us to work, right? We all have to provide for our families in some way or another. Um, and as a homemaker and a homeschooling mom, you know, that that was my work for many years. My work now includes my ministry, but my soul work is to my family. And whether it's looked at in the traditional um, eye as a career or not, to me it is. It's absolutely a career. And my investments are eternal, even if they weren't, you know, getting a paycheck every Friday. Um, To me, the payment of being a homemaker and a homeschooling mom and a stay-at-home mom uh, were not monetary payments at all, but I believe far, far greater. So for us, you know, that was our what we were working for. But this idea of living a life you don't need a vacation from, this week has been beautiful around here on the hobby farm. Spring is springing and it's so wonderful. We had, you know, probably six weeks ago, 30 inches of snow on the ground. So it's amazing to go from everything being dead and frozen and buried in snow to now blooming and blossoming and the trees have buds and the flowers are in full bloom. Uh, The grass is coming back to life. The birds are singing. Oh, in the morning today, I was outside on the porch. I couldn't stand it. They were so beautiful. I mean, I could just sit there and listen all day long to these birds. Like every, we have so many actually different kinds of birds this year than usual. I don't know why that is, but we do. And, you know, between the bird songs and the woodpeckers and just all these beautiful things around me every day, it's amazing to see how God is so faithful, how we come out of that cold, dark winter into a beautiful, bursting and glorious spring. And it's light out in the evening. Uh, the The sun stays out longer. The mornings are breathtaking. We've had the most beautiful sunrises the past few days. Uh, You can actually see a picture of one on Instagram. It was just, you know, one of those, uh, those weeks where I'm just like, wow, spring is truly bursting forth. And it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. So as I was sitting outside this week, and I was thinking, you know, this is this is really this is this is living, right? Uh, maybe to you, living on a hobby farm with animals and in the country is not living. But wherever you are, you could be in the city and you may feel the exact same way, way as me. Like this is what I was created for. So it doesn't matter if you're in the city or the country or on the moon for all I care. If you're living, you know, with God at the center, you can say this is what I was created for. And so... As I was sitting out this week and I was watching the ducks swim in our little stream because we can't leave our ducks or our chickens out at all anymore. We have to babysit them. We have to literally sit right there. We have a hawk nest on our property and there are, I would say, three to five hawks swirling about daily in the morning swooping around. So this is new for us. We can't let our animals out at all. So anyway, as I was sitting there and I was babysitting the ducks and the chickens while we let them out for a little bit, I was just thinking, you know, who needs to go on vacation? You know, this is everything. This is, I don't feel like my life is separate. You know, I remember when we were younger, not we, well, yeah, we, but the kids were younger and Every week, Steve, when he was working in a traditional job, he, I mean, every year he got whatever the two weeks uh, vacation time. And I remember like living for that week 
every year. I just couldn't wait for that one week. Like I think he would take a week at Christmas time and a week in the summer. And we used to go away with the kids in the summer. And I remember thinking we used to take them every year to the same place. And I remember just like literally counting the days from the time we came home from the trip. We were like, all right, you know, we're counting down 360 more days until our trip begins again. We would literally count the days all year round. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, that's so sad that I was living my life, you know, just in this great anticipation. And then the sadness that came over me when that week was over was just so horrific because I can remember we would be pulling away from the condo where we stayed and I just wanted to cry all the way home. And I would just be like, oh, this is, you know, we had such a great time and now we have to wait a whole nother year again. And, you know, I understand that's how vacation is sometimes. But looking back, I just think, wow, that was so sad that I lived for that time. And, you know, at the time, we did not have a choice. Steve needed to work at the job he was working at. And that was the situation that we were in. He was also working at a job where he wouldn't even be home ever before the kids went to bed. Um, and they were little, so they were going to bed, you know, 7 o'clock. And so I remember just thinking, this is the way life is going to be. He'll never be home for dinner. And we'll have our vacation every summer. And that'll be it. And praise the Lord that we really followed his leading because we really felt like this isn't the life we want for our kids. We want daddy home for supper. We want to be able to have flexible time. We don't want to live our life in anticipation of vacation. You know, we're, we're living our life and then it's separate from our, so to speak, enjoyment. And so when we started homeschooling and then gradually started uh, working from home and starting our own businesses, you know, everything shifted and everything sort of blended life and homeschool and work all, you know, kind of changed. There was no longer this big separation and we didn't long for, you know, a one week's time where we all got to be together. We were living life together every day. So I'm truly, truly so grateful that um, God gave us that desire of our heart and now we are living it out. But for anyone out there listening, no matter what your husband's career is or what your career is, you know, ask yourself, your time on earth is limited, right? And so how are we making most use of our time? I always knew when my kids were younger, I didn't want to look back someday and think, wow, you know, I could have done this or I could have done that, but I didn't have time. And so, you know, it's really important that we seek the Lord. If we want to be able to, um, you know, live a life you don't need a vacation from, it all begins with seeking the Lord and asking him to guide you and say, Lord, you know, this is what we want. We want to be able to have a life where we work really hard, but yet what are we working for? And so that's what I wanted to ask you as well. You know, living when I say living a life you don't need a vacation from, that doesn't mean you're always on vacation. And that doesn't mean that you're not working or, you know, you're living this great life of luxury and everything and you're just laying around all day. What I mean is you're not, um, you're not living a life that is seeking after the wrong things. So it doesn't mean you don't work, but you evaluate what are you working for? And for us, we never had the desire to put money or 
achievements or accomplishments above our family or above, you know, working for the Lord. The Bible says we should do all things unto the Lord, and that includes our career. And I think in our society today, many people get that confused. They think that their purpose in life is to climb a corporate ladder and to accumulate the most stuff, and he who has the most stuff wins. And the sad thing is for the people of this world who live that way, that is not biblical. The Bible doesn't say live on earth, work as hard as you can to accumulate as much as you can, because we all know we're not bringing any of it with us someday to heaven. And so it's really about evaluating your priorities. And so, you know, your priorities are what are you working for? If you're like, oh, I'm just, we're working so hard. We're working so hard. You know, there's a difference between working so hard to put food on the table and working so hard so you can renovate your house, which was probably not needing renovation anyway. That's the thing that cracks me up nowadays, that people are constantly like renovating homes and, and doing these makeovers and, you know, DIY or hiring people or whatever it is to fix something that's not even broken. It just needs to look prettier. Or it needs to be, you know, up with the times because, you know, even if something's working and it's not broken, we feel the need to update it so that it keeps up with the times. You know, you can have appliances from 1970 and if they're working, why replace them? I'll tell you, my mother-in-law, and she's so proud of this, she has one of these vintage uh, ovens and, uh, you know, range I think it's from, I don't know, I'm probably quoting this wrong, maybe the 1940s or 50s. It's definitely not older than 1950s. It still works. And she thinks it's the best thing in the world. And you know what? <laughs> the, the funny thing is, people would now be like, wow, that's vintage. That's so cool, right? But I'm telling you, in 1980, it wasn't cool. In 1990, it wasn't cool. Probably in year 2000, it wasn't cool, but now it's cool because, you know, everything that's old is new again or in style again. But I love that she doesn't care about keeping up with anybody, that it's always worked and it, you know, may does, it may not match the decor, but it does the job. And I think we've lost touch with that as a society. We feel the need to update, update, update even if it doesn't need it. And then I would ask you to evaluate, are you working so hard to update something that's not broken, but this way it fits in with, you know, what's in style or you keep up with your neighbors? Or are you working so that you can live a life you don't need a vacation from because you are working for the right reasons? You know, we live in a society that says achieve, 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 and, you know, strive and climb the ladder and accumulate. But again, the Bible doesn't say any of that. It says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on the things above, right? We are to focus on the eternal. So even though we as humans live on this earth, we are not to um, work for the things of this earth. We are to work for the things that are eternal. And what does that kind of work look like? It has nothing to do with stuff or money. So we have to work to provide for our families, right? The basic needs. But beyond that, what are you using your time for? Is it to work to accumulate more stuff, to save for the future, to, you know, keep up with the neighbors? Or are you working to provide the basic needs? And then 
your other work involves the things of the eternal, you know, and my work is combined with, I would say, you know, the things that are eternal because my ministry is my work. It's what I pour my time into. It's what I couldn't imagine, you know, spending my time doing anything else. And money does not motivate me. Ask me how I know, because <laughs> it's not like simply living for him is this Fortune 500 company. No, we just get by. But the investment that I'm making and the payment that I get when people tell me, you know, I opened my Bible today because of your devotional or, you know, you pointed me to the Lord in your podcast. That is the greatest paycheck in the world. And so I don't want vacation from that. I want to do more and more and more of that. It fills me up to do the work of the Lord. So money is never our motivating factor. Again, we have to provide for our family the basics. And again, I would ask you, how much do we really need to provide versus what is a lot of extra? You know, again, our society will be like, well, we have to work. We need, need, need. And then when it's like you think about those things you're working for, again, you're spending time away from people and spending time and energy and effort and stress onto things that may not be for an eternal lasting reward. When we work to provide for our family and then we also, you know, have the time to invest in our family to invest in doing, you know, the fun things, building relationships, serving others, um, doing things for the Lord. Everything we do should ultimately be unto the Lord. Like I said, whether it's our career or ministry or things we're doing with our family, whatever it is, we do it for the Lord. Our motivating factor is for the Lord. We should be motivated by Him. We should be motivated by eternal things, you know, um, and not by the things of this world. I think it's in Ecclesiastes 1.14. It talks about chasing the wind, right? Um, it talks about how, uh, you know, man is toiling every day and yet it's going after trivial things, trivial pursuits. You're going after things that will just slip through your fingers like the wind, right? You can't hold on to the wind and you can't hold on to the things of this earth. Everything that we think we're working for and striving for and saving for is not going to be here 100 years from now. But when you're working for the Lord and you're building your family and you're building relationships and you're doing purposeful things. Those are the things that last. You know, um, our society is very stressed, right? People are like, we're so busy, we're so stressed, but what on earth are we busy doing? If it's such a burden, the busyness, then it's not producing fruit then it's really chasing after things that are, like I said, like chasing the wind. You know, it's funny how our society likes to accumulate a lot of stuff so much that we need to pay money, this boggles my mind, pay money to store the stuff in a storage unit. Now, I'm not talking about like if you're moving and you have to store your stuff because you're you you know you're in limbo in between places. I'm talking about people who have big homes with a three-car garage and a full basement and then need a storage unit because they can't fit everything. Like if we think about that, it doesn't make any sense. We're working and paying to store stuff that we're not using because 
for whatever reason, we feel the need to have it. Why as a society do we feel the need to have so much stuff? Now, you all know that I live pretty simply. I don't desire to have a lot of stuff. Uh, I just, I'm not a minimalist. I've said this before. You come in my home, I'm not a minimalist, but I also do not place a lot of uh, focus in my life on how my house looks. Now, I, I don't think my house doesn't look nice, but I am not like, okay, I'll be honest with you. All right, this is, I'm going to get real here. We moved into our house six, year, six and a half years ago. It was uh, built brand new. And for whatever reason, the people didn't live in it. So it was it was never lived in. And every room was just like builder's paint, um, you know, flat, off-white builder's paint. We painted the downstairs. We never painted the upstairs. I'm not even joking. Our bedrooms are not painted upstairs. I believe the bathroom is, but it might not be. Um, everything is, has not been painted. And so just recently we were doing some, uh, rearranging in bedrooms and things upstairs. And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like six years of living here shows, you know, builders paint, you can't even wipe off scuff marks and fingerprints because it's like flat, you know, kind of cheapo paint. And so I'm like, we really need to paint, but there's other little things in our house that like just kind of were left undone. Like when we moved in, they kind of didn't quite finish that we still haven't finished. But you know, it's not important to me because I'm like, everything works. It functions. I love my my bedroom, paint, you know, scuffs on the wall and everything, fingerprints. But it is time to sort of clean that up. Um, but you know, I'm just not one to be like, I'm going to stress out over decor. I like my house to feel cozy, but most of all, I like people to feel the presence of the Lord in my home. I don't want people to leave my home and be like, wow, she's got great taste in paint. I want them to leave my home and be like, wow, that family loves Jesus. And so, you know, it's never been very important to me. I love to be outside in nature. I would much rather sit outside in nature than be inside decorating a house. Like to me, it just, it's kind of like for what, you know? Um, but anyway, so we've been here six years and our house is, uh, you know, it's, it's our home. It's what we love. It's our comfort. It's our sanctuary. But it is certainly not a showpiece. Um, it is not, you know, I don't, I don't want my house to be something that I'm showing off. Again, I would rather people come to my house and not even notice the decor because they're so busy noticing that there's love of Jesus in this home. And that's the truth, you know. Um, and it's hard. I wasn't like that when we first got married. I was very focused on, you know, how everything looked and making everything just so. I think I have an entire podcast episode about that, so I won't get into that whole thing. But anyway, I'm not one to accumulate much stuff. So as I said, we were kind of rearranging rooms. And I don't even know how someone like me who doesn't like to accumulate a lot of stuff, we were throwing garbage bag on top of garbage bag out this week. And I'm like, seriously, this is too much. And I told my kids, um, I told them the story this week when I began writing at Simply Living for Him, and this is before it was turned into a ministry or anything. It was just my little old blog. I had been writing about homeschooling for a year, literally just writing for like friends and family, a little online journal. And then I had written this post that was all about simplifying. Hence, I ended up changing the entire blog to uh, Simply Living for Him. But what inspired that post was a visit to a 
um, 17th century farmhouse uh, down in Jamestown, Virginia. And we were visiting Jamestown and Yorktown. And so I believe the farmhouse was from, you know, Yorktown time, like Revolutionary War. And so um, we were, so 17th or 18th century, whatever that makes it. So we were in this farmhouse and I was just like so in awe that these people had like, you know, two rooms, if that. You know, the kitchen and then a little sleeping area. And the house that we visited was a typical house for a family of six. And there were six hooks in the common room, one for each member of the family's clothing. And there was six cups on the mantle, one for each member of the house. There were six plates, six utensils. And I was just like, wow, these people didn't have all this stuff. They didn't have walk-in closets for each person they had a hook a hook and all their clothes all of their clothes fit on a hook you know it's craziness what has become of us and again I'm not a minimalist I'm not over here saying throw everything out and have nothing but there is something to be said about really evaluating your priorities because when you think about those walk-in closets full of stuff Somebody's got to pay for that. And how do they pay for that? Hours and hours of work. And what does that usually also produce? Hours and hours of stress. That isn't just while you're at work, but while you're home from work. And what does that do? Distract you from your priorities. Distract you from who? Your family. Distract you from what? Getting in the word. Distract you from your relationship with the Lord. Whatever it is. And so what on earth are we working for? Are we working to toil each day to accumulate stuff, you know, to store in our barns, so to speak? And what happens to all that stuff someday? It's all gone. We need to reevaluate our priorities. We need to remember that life on earth is short. Life in eternity is long, but life on earth is short. And if we're spending all this time on earth to accumulate things and it's causing stress while we're accumulating it we need to reevaluate our priorities right there's there's stress in getting our stuff there's stress in keeping our stuff because then we're afraid to lose it and then there's stress in managing our stuff that was me this week when we were sort of uh fixing the changing up bedrooms and reorganizing and things I was like, let's just get rid of this stuff because this is too much. I said to my boys, we were doing their closets. I said, you're only going to put into your closet like five things each, tops, five bottoms, socks and underwear, like only the things that you wear. Because quite frankly, when we went through those closets, there was a ton of things that they didn't wear. Yet they were like, well, I might wear it someday. I'm like, no, you won't. Out it goes. Or so-and-so gave that to me as a hand-me-down. I'm sorry, but so-and-so gave it to you as a hand-me-down. They're not going to miss it, right? (laughs) So you have to evaluate your stuff. Like, I would ask you, you know, this is the time of year where everybody's kind of spring cleaning. Spring clean once and for all. How many times a year do you, like, how many times have you, you know, done spring cleaning and then next year you're, like, doing it again? And, like, how did all this accumulate? Say to yourself, this is it. This is it. Once and for all, I'm going to get rid of this stuff and it's not coming back. You know why? I want to focus my time on people. I want to focus my time on doing work of the Lord. I want to focus my time on being in the word. I want to focus my time, you know, being out in nature. You know, for me, I connect with God out in nature. When I sit by the stream like I did today and I sit and watch the ducks and I hear the birds, 
it's not, I'm like, oh, I'm sitting outside to be lazy and eat bonbons. I truly connect with the Lord. I see him in, in his creation. And so it's a beautiful thing. Don't make anyone feel, make you feel guilty for, you know, doing things like that. It's good for your soul to nourish your soul. And yes, the Bible says we are to work. I am, like I said, I am not saying we're going to sit around all day by the stream and watch the ducks and do nothing. We are absolutely created to work and work is good. And it's good for our souls as well. But it's not when we are working for the wrong things. So ask yourself, are you working for the wrong things? Are you working for the things that are ultimately going to matter for eternity? Are you working for things of this earth? Or are you working and doing everything unto the Lord? It's really important because, like I said, we never know what tomorrow brings. I want to want to look back someday and say, well, I worked hard. I did all these things and now got a lot of stuff. But I look back and I I spent a lot of time accumulating that stuff. And now my life is over and I got to get rid of all this stuff. You know, there's how they say that you spend like, um, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but they say like you spend half your life or two thirds of your life, what is it? Something like two thirds of your life, you know, working hard, you accumulate stuff. And then the, the last one third of your life, you spend getting rid of it all. Who wants to waste their time on that? We need to remember that we were created by the Lord for a purpose. I don't think our purpose is to accumulate stuff and make our houses look pretty. Oh, it talks about that in Haggai in the Bible. Uh, there's a whole story in that first chapter, I believe. That talks about, I loved, I love this part. It talks about um, the temple was in ruins and these uh, people were over there building their, their paneled houses and, and building up their homes and focusing on that. And God comes in and he says, you are building your paneled houses while my temple lies in ruins. And it's so true. That's what we do. We're not focusing God on God and the things of eternity. We're focusing on building up our own little kingdoms. We need to be focused on building the kingdom of God. We don't want the kingdom of God being neglected while we're building up our own little kingdoms, our HGTV kingdoms, right? We want to be building the things of eternity, building the kingdom of God, you know, making relationships with people. This month on the Simply Living for Him website, you can go to our Simply Go button. That's a new initiative at Simply Living for Him, which is providing encouragement and resources every month to help you to be more missional in your everyday life. Because again, quite frankly, what matters most on this earth that you're building a bank account or you're you're sharing Jesus with others, right? And so people often think like, oh, well, sharing Jesus and being evangelists, that's for those other people that are missionaries, you know, around the world. No, we need missionaries right in our neighborhoods, in our towns, wherever we are in our everyday lives. And so we're providing resources for women and um, articles and blog posts and different things, different challenges for women to remember that in your everyday life, just making a relationship with somebody is building the kingdom of God because they will see Jesus in you. Because when you know God's love, you can't help but to give God's love. And so this month we talked about on the blog in our Simply Go initiative, 
uh, French French front porch revival. And you know, I'm encouraging people to just get outside, get out of your comfort zone, sit on your porch and wave to people as they go by. Better yet, invite somebody to your porch, get to know them, offer them a cup of coffee. Don't have a porch? Go to the park, strike up a conversation with somebody. You know, sit on the park bench and wait for people to walk by. People are always looking to talk when they're out. And you know, um, that is how small it takes just to uh, build the kingdom of God. It starts with smiling at somebody, saying hello, leading to a conversation, leading to maybe a relationship, leading to showing them Jesus in you. So simple. And that's where we need to focus. We need to get out of our inward focus of ourselves and outward focused on other people. Those are the things that matter most. So when we talk about this idea of living a life that you don't need a vacation from, like I said, it is all about um, asking yourself every day, what am I working for? What am I working for? Am I building up the kingdom of God or am I building up my kingdom on earth? And I hope that you would spend some time in prayer and in the word this week and ask the Lord to reveal to you how he wants you to use your time and what on earth he wants you to work for. So I hope that encouraged you. I'd love to hear what you think. Write to me, message me, send me an email, comment wherever you're seeing this. Uh, share this with a friend if, you, if you've been encouraged. I would love for you to do that. Remember, on my YouTube channel every single day. Also, you can find it on my website at simplylivingforhim.com. I do daily devotional videos. They're real short, about six to ten minutes long each. Uh, and we usually talk about a Bible verse. And then I give you a little encouragement from the Word. My mission, like I said, is to point people to Jesus. And so that is why. I do what I do. I don't want to be spending my time doing anything but that. And so it just brings me joy to do those devotionals every day because I hear at least, you know, from one person um, each week that, you know, this one just came at the right time. And I'm so thankful for this. And again, I don't think that I have anything like, you know, earth shattering to share. The reason I do it is to point people to Jesus, to point you to his word, to his truth. Um, and that is why I do what I do. I also wanted to tell you that I have very exciting news for the month of April in our Simply Living for Him online women's community. We are turning one year old this month. And so we've got a lot of great things going on in the community. We have a new Bible study starting at the end of the month on Genesis 1 to 3, and it's called In the Beginning. And I'm really excited about this because you can't you know, really understand your beliefs if you don't know where they started. And you can't really understand God and, you know, his whole story if we don't understand where it all began. So we're going back to Genesis and we're going to look at that. And then uh, we're also doing scripture writing this month. We are writing the entire book of Titus. We are memorizing Genesis 1 uh, in our scripture memorization group. I'm also doing a free webinar on April 15th and you do not have to be there on the 15th that's just when it will be posted in the community but then it will be up there indefinitely um, and that's called a transformed woman so all of these things in the community are completely free 
All you have to be is a woman to join. Any woman of any stage of life, any age. You don't have to be a homeschool mom. So many people think it's a homeschooling community. It is not. It is for all women. So come on over and join us at simplylivingforhim.com slash community and check it out. You might just uh, find something there that would be encouraging to you. You can participate in as little or as much as you want in the community. So I hope that this blessed you today. If it did, let me know. And I will be back next week. Until then, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.